I always have a good time. Yay. Whether or not. <laughs> that was so convincing. <laughs> Holy not... shit. Nay is in the hizzy. Cat <laughs> is going to cut us up and make the best version of the three of us. She's going to take us home and be like, I like Trent's arms. Yeah, what part would I you like... use? Um, hold on. Don't, let me don't, do my, don't tell me mine, Don't please. do my feet. Let me look. Hold on. Don't tell me mine. Let me do an ocular pat down around the room. <laughs> I don't want to. Wait. Uh, I don't like this bit. This is not you a know fine bit. No, no. Let's not do this bit. I'm going to keep... All of you. Oh. Can we still be stitched together, though? Yes. <laughs> Human centipede style. I've had enough. I can't, <laughs> I can't take any more. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. We've got some Halloween events coming up. We've got show hosting. We've got film screenings. We've got costume parties. We've got costume contests. Follow us on Instagram and keep up on the details. I'm not going to go into it all again this week. Kevin has a Halloween week on deck. It's been everybody's Halloween picks the past few weeks and you have uh, very thoroughly i feel you you've given us two full-on full-out halloween movies this week and we're going to start with a movie called night of the demons from 1988 yes night of the demons 1988 this is directed by kevin s tenney who would go on to do a whole bunch of other horror movies like witchboard Witch Trap, <laughs> Witch Movies, <laughs> something called Pinocchio's Revenge that I've never seen, oh. but now feel like maybe I have to. Witchboard is a little legit. It's kind of yeah, legit. no, no. Witchboard's legit. Uh, written by Joe Augustine, who would write part two as well, because there are more Knights of Demons. This is the story of ten teenagers. Your classic '80s horror movie. It's the night of Halloween. Mega goth girl cat. I mean Angela decides to throw a party <laughs> at an old old dilapidated mansion called Hull House. They don't really give you any backstory about Hull House. You just know that it's spooky. It's abandoned. They shouldn't be there. They're avoiding the major Halloween party that's happening in town that night with all the other teenagers. So they decide to go to Hull House. They scare up some shit. People start getting possessed. Boobs come out and blood starts flying. This is one of my favorite movies because I saw it when I was far too young to have seen it. Mm. And I think you know why I probably liked it and gravitated <laughs> towards it. I'm not gonna titillate. I'm not gonna lie. I was a young boy, and I I just always like came back to this. And then I sort of went away from it for a while, you know. And then they did a remake of this in 2009, and I saw that I came across it, and I was like, holy shit! I haven't seen Night of the Demons in quite a while. And now this is an annual viewing for me. It's a child love comfort watch. It is also cookie cutter 80s movie it has everything you need it has teens boobs misogyny <laughs> sex and drugs running up the stairs when you should be running down it has the major demons quips like freddy krueger it has all of the things that the 80s brought to like the the slasher type teen killer uh horror movie um not a whole lot of great acting not gonna lie although i think that angela is is quite good and there's a dance sequence in this that uh, would rival Footloose or uh, any other dancing movie that you're talking about. 
Not really. <laughs> uh, but this, honestly, uh, I, I, I know that, that, that this is a room divided right now, and I'm prepared. <laughs> and I understand all the shortcomings of this, um, but I'm, I'm willing to take it as much as I give it. And so I'm going to I'm going to pass it off to what I think is my one ally on this movie tonight <laughs> and a Linnea, uh, Linnea Quigley, who is in this movie expert, uh, Mr. Dave Gutter. I really didn't need that kind of introduction, but thank you. Kevin. <laughs> um, one thing that I, I had a problem with, <clears throat> I watched this movie recently uh, and it was just kind of like on in the background and we just threw it on and we we're like, yeah, great movie. And, you know, whatever. Um, when I watched it this week, I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I was like, this really does not hold up well. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, this is fucking amazing. Because um, it, it teeters on this line between being, like you said, a little bit like Evil Dead, a little bit like Return of the Living Dead, a little bit like a lot of movies from this era. It does pulls out every single stop. So it goes in mix between being sort of like paying homage to those things, but also at the same time it can come off as derivative. Um, but I did like this movie. I do like this movie um, for what it is. It's almost like a Troma Jr. kind of movie. It's not quite as... Uh, the acting is just as bad, but it's not quite as... like stupid it's a little bit serious there's some production quality to it enough that um i can see why it came across my radar um when i was a kid as well um and i do love linnea quigley um linnea quigley um i was hoping we went to the salem horror fest the first thing i thought was oh these old retired uh scream queens they must go to all these film festivals. Surely, Linnea Quigley will be there. I had heard she'd been there in the past. Oh, I, oh, really? She had huh. attended that in the past. And I was like, and me and, and me and Caitlin have this like open thing with septuagenarians. One time, a 70-year-old woman like laid one on me right on my lips. And nice. Caitlin just laughed. And I was like, what's so funny? And I was like, you don't care if 70-year-olds you know, kiss me on the lips. So I'm thinking we have this deal worked out. I'm going to meet Linnea Quigley. She's going to be like 70. I don't care. She's the sleaze queen. I think that she's the reason why I still like this movie is because she adds sleaze to every movie she's in. And it kind of carried this. I thought I thought this if without the sleaze, uh, this wouldn't have been as good. Um, but back to Linnea. Um, she's from Sorority. Uh, babes in Slimeball Bolorama, um, which I have not seen, but it's such a legendary title. Oh, it's great in the horror uh, world. Um, and Pumpkinhead Two, Blood Wings, which we just oh, talked about wanting oh. to see last week. Yeah, um, I recently watched Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, uh, and that is really great. It's like this uh, film noir detective spoof. So it's like a really weird vibe for a horror movie. Um, but uh, she's in that. She gets almost fully naked in every movie that she's in, in a certain genre. She's actually in like real movies from the 80s and 90s. She was in Armed and Dangerous with Joe Piscopo. Um, that, I don't know if you guys that a, know. Is that an example of a real movie? Yeah, uh, yeah. it's like just a stupid <laughs> 80s comedy, but it's a little bit... I think you uh, mean non-horror. Yeah, it's a little bit more like in the mainstream than the stuff that we're talking about. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, I thought her coolest cameo 
uh, was Nightmare on Elm Street 4. There's a point where Freddy dumps him out. Like, Freddy opens his shirt, and he's got, like, a set of tits. Nice. That's Linnea Quigley's tits. She wow. was the body double for that. I did not that. know that. Is this the pink number here? Yes. Is that who we're talking about? This is her right here. Yeah. And uh, another interesting fact is she married the guy that did the, bo- the boob mold for this movie. Mm. The, the scene where she puts the lipstick yeah. in her nipple. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a mold of her breasts. Okay. She married the guy that did the mold of her breasts. And he did also did the mold of her breasts in Nightmare on Elm Street for Dream Master. Um, and that's all I have. Uh, it's for just about Night this one Demons. person. Just it's just about her, yeah. Uh, I just like her movies I like that she only does like these sleazy movies and when you do see that she's in a movie you know what you're getting into so if you didn't really if you went into this thinking like oh this is going to be an awesome 80s horror movie um, sometimes I think that you made a dig at 80s horror movies a little while ago a couple episodes ago yeah yeah. uh, that I thought was a little unfair but I realized that (laughs) it is my job to show you that um all 80s horror movies are not lowbrow. They're not all Toxic Avenger. They're not all Return to Horror High or Night of the Demons. So we're going to get through. I mean, if you think of all the the Stephen King stuff that is like the real guts, that all came out in the 80s. So the, and you know, there's a lot of like serious things in the 80s, but I still love the goofball stuff. This is super goofball. It does take a little while to get started, but um once it does, it's great. And I, and I think the, the humor in the beginning totally gets me through that first half. And they, they develop the characters um, in a bad way. But uh, I like it. I really like the character Stooge, who's the pig, who's also in uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. But I thought this was good. I thought this held up pretty well for what it is. It's a fact off. Who is yes, going to have it is. It is. Well, the, it, the Linnea most Quigley. this week? She's like a porn star to me. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah. I just say Quigley because I'm not really sure on how to say the first name. Linnea. Linnea. Yeah. Ripe for mispronunciation. I just say Quigley. Um, <laughs> I, uh, we can talk about the, uh, um, sept, what is it? Septuagenarian? Yes. Is that what it's called? Septuagenarian? That's somebody so who's 70, over 70? Yeah. We should talk. We should talk. Yeah. Um, you know, About I what? Think, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to fault myself right away. Uh, I didn't love this. I didn't, I, I think that I was not in the right mood. I thought it was really, really obnoxious, even for 80s horror. I thought it was way below Return of the Living Dead, which it kind of wanted to be. I love cheesy bad acting 80s horror we just talked about superstition but to me this like the bad acting instead of just like instead of being funny and interesting is so obnoxious i just wanted to die like the mm-hmm. the guy the new york guy yeah. hey oh, oh like, <laughs> i liked it yeah, i can't i i was sal, sal brutal um i thought it took forever i hadn't seen this at least maybe i i forgot i, I might have seen it back in the day but i hadn't seen this and i thought I thought this was going to be more like the movie Demons because I had seen some stills from it and, and it looked like, oh, okay, I, I know what's going to happen here. They're going to go to the party like in, in the, you know, everybody's going to turn into a demon. It took so long for anything resembling horror to happen. I actually checked the time at one point at 50 minutes in. 
uh, one little scary horror thing happened. I don't know if it was the lipstick and the boob, which I appreciated that. Mm. Uh, so we're this is an hour and a half movie. You're an hour in. I'm going, well, when is the horror part, by the way, on this? This is like supposed to be some sort of cult deal. Uh Fucking goddamn! And I've read like it's oh this is a uh, it's raunchy it's sexy eighties horror fun. Sorry, cannot do this one. But I will admit that I did. I started it again. I didn't have time to to watch the whole thing again. It, it did seem like the second time I did start to see like maybe I just wasn't in the headspace for this. Um, so I, I'm not gonna say that I that I hate it because I think I just might have been in 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 not the right mood, but. Rough one. Wow. Mm. This was a weird, fun, little sex romp of a film. I wouldn't say that this one had a lot of substance. Nor would I say it had a lot of acting skills Mm -mm. throughout the cast. But what it did have was a lot of nudity. That's right, everyone. A lot of boobies. <laughs> um, some full frontal. Also, we got full Linnea. bush. Linnea always does that. Always yeah, clips out yeah. the bush. Okay, yeah. enough talking about Linnea. <laughs> Please. so excited. I've had enough. She does. It's like whatever. It's her signature move. Um, only, fun, only, oh, flip. only full frontal on the ladies, though. Obviously, because it's 1988. Of course. We don't want to see any dong. Uh, not, not these guys. On the topic of boobies... What we you guys were mentioning, that was probably my favorite practical horror effect that I've ever seen in general for this podcast or just wow. in my life. The lipstick? Yes. Because yeah. I was staring at these chesticles and I was like, <laughs> wow, these 80s fake boobs do not look good. And I'm just like, it's just a real close up. Like, what is this? Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, lipstick being shoved in. I had no idea that that was going to happen. That I got had him no married. idea. That's huh? how good of a job he did. He got that, married. That she was like, forever, I take the... The plot? Is there really a plot? No. Nope. Do we really know? No. Like, okay, so weird goth girl is like, <laughs> I'm going to show all these popular kids. Show them what? You also died. You also got demoned or whatever. Reg... Ange, a lot of nicknames. Raj. Raj. What's his, what? I don't know. Raj. Raj. Oh, no. Raj. Just over know. and over and over again. Um, <laughs> I think, Trent, like you're talking about, I think it's um, it's necessary in this one to lean into the camp. You want to, you want to, you want to be in the right headspace. You want to be just so high that you think <laughs> that this movie is fun and you got to lean into it like that. Otherwise, because I, you know, I take notes from you guys, sure. And sometimes I think I take movies a little too seriously. And I'm like, well, what the fuck was this? What? Why would they do that? And they're like, and you're like, right. cat. Yeah, yeah. They did it on purpose. So now, you know, I take a grain of salt when I'm watching these, you know, films. And you know, I like the 80s slasher and like the 90s fun. Um, so I think I kind of just had to uh, take a beat and be like, and kind of take this movie for what it was. And that was a um, a boob-alicious, kind of gory. I don't know, the gore, um, it was fun. It was okay. There was like armless people. I don't know. I would uh, watch this again. Weak, weak gore. I would throw it on. I would give it, I would give it some goes. Um, it wasn't my least favorite film of the week. 
Wow. Wow. Holy Shots smoke. fired. Get ready. What so is, I'm just going to say, I mean, are we really like, we just talked about a movie last week, Superstition, that like, <laughs> I know. It, it barely had a plot. Like, you know, it maybe had too much plot. I, I kind of like this movie for that reason. The, so I'm going to get a little bit too Night of the Demons heavy here tonight. The 09 remake has a fatal flaw in that they try to give you the backstory of the house and the demons and all this stuff. I like this. I think it made me like the 88 one, the original, because it doesn't try to explain anything. These kids go to a creepy house that used to be a funeral parlor. Someone says, let's play a demon game, and they summon a demon. And now it's just possessing people, and it can apparently possess you by, what, like making out with you and banging you and doing stuff. I think this movie would have been worse if we had, just like we talked about last week, with like an exposition dump or something. Like somebody suddenly is like, hey, did you hear the history of this house? Like I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you talk about that 50 minutes into the movie or something. So I like that about this movie. Yeah, that it's just like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Like, okay, yeah. now it's an 80s horror movie where suddenly kids are just getting possessed. I like the practical effects. I think, I think there is good gore. I think guy getting his eyes gouged out. I think the demon Fine. effects are good. Oh yeah, that was very spurty. And I love I love Straight the way that barbarian. I love the way like the yeah. I love the way the DP, you know, apes on Sam Raimi's camera style going through the house and doing yeah. all that stuff. I do think this reminds me a little bit of Demons Trent, like obviously they were going off that. Um I can tell like where they're taking, you know, all their inspiration from. It's just way dumbed down. And honestly, like the bad acting to me, it's hilarious. Like I actually found it hilarious. Like when, and and like you said, Cat, like Raj, Raj, Raj. It's so bad that I feel like at some point, like we were talking about, I think the director literally told them because they probably couldn't remember the characters' names, so they were probably like <laughs> Linnea or Linnea and Alvin. That the director was like, God damn it! Every time you refer to someone, use their character name. So in this movie, if you're gonna watch it, if you haven't seen it. Just get ready to hear the characters call each other by their names way more than you <laughs> would in a real life. So like, Raj, there's a door. Raj, get the pipe. Raj, I have a blowtorch. Raj, like, it's, it's bad. Yeah, it's grating. Yeah. It's great. It's not grating. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, I do think the 88 was a little bit late for this kind of cheese. The mm. stuff that I think mm -hmm. of Fair. is mm -hmm. pre-85. It's sleepaway camp. It's all, you know, like... Uh, I feel like that this was a little bit late on that curve, so that's the only thing I would like take away points for. But it, and the disjointed stuff, I mean, like you were saying, Kevin, I kind of like that stuff, Kevin. Um, Kevin, I thought that it was kind of a good pick because um, if it wasn't for the disjointed part of the movie, we wouldn't have the creep show intro and outro. That is really the best part of this movie. I think a it's lot almost, of times it's almost like an anthology wraparound. It is. Reach around. Um, it's... Okay. <laughs> I, 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 it, it's a very titillating, horny movie. You guys both say you had I'm a bad, getting, where, you had a bad week. I, where was the horny... Maybe. There was a couple boobs. Big deal. Everyone it's was, tr everyone was movie trying... To, it was just like uh, Friday the 13th I, I don't or whatever. See, that I everyone was, was trying to hook up. No. I, 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 just, I, didn't get, I didn't get where... Where I'm sorry, I missed the horny, titillating, like not notable, not any more notably horny and titillating than any 80s horror movie no. to me. I, I don't understand why that's in the conversation. Well, because Alinea Gabagool yeah, or whatever. It's not her name really is. that big of a uh, part Nobody of it. has said her name right, by the way, since like. <laughs> 
part of uh, you know part of the thing of being a stereotypical '80s campy almost satire is that element of it. That's why I bring it up. I, I, but, but it's just it was to me it was so like not notable. I just I don't understand why that is held up as being a notable element of this movie when well, I go, didn't go back to the other thing. Did you like the uh, the apples thing? See, to me, when I no. left the movie, that left a good taste in my mouth. That, his no, I remember. I remember texting throat. you. It was either last year or the year before around Halloween when I usually watch this movie, and I was like, "Oh, I totally always forget about the old guy and the apples and the razors." Like, it's such a cool like little wraparound. I think that was my favorite part was the ending. And Again, it's a great good call. Practical it's very, effects, very creep show. I think. I think my main problem is just that all of the. Things that you're talking about, not that, I mean, there was, the, the nudity was throughout, but I think that by the time it kicked in, it was too late for me. I I can't go to an hour, it's a 90 minute film, and I just was already, like, I was so annoyed that by the time the gore, there is gore, there are practical effects and all that, by the time that kicked in, I, I was thinking like, oh, this is going to explode. This is going to be like demons on overdrive, not even close, not even in the ballpark of demons. And I already waited an hour for this, and this is all you're giving me? Like, the eyes go a little weird? Nah, bro. You had to like the Bauhaus scene. Yeah, I was just going to mention You that. had to like that. Where, they, where Angela Angela's dance scene. When the, Angela becomes the possessed. The strobe light scene? Yeah, yeah the I dance scene. Uh, I was like, oh, all did right, nothing. I was, did no, nothing, no. huh? Yeah. She choreographed that herself. No. Yes. That piece of magistry? Basically as good as Black Swan. Yes. I, 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 <laughs> akin to Isabella Gianni in Possession, I thought. <laughs> no, this, this this isn't that great, and I'm not here to defend it, but I do, I do like it, and I might just like it because I saw it back in the day. Wow, you just flipped hard on me. That bro. was a yeah. Oh, no, but, but I but I said I liked it. Can you it. move your chair over there? <laughs> I liked I would it like because to sit on this because side of how I but I saw it back tonight. in the day. You know what I mean? Back in the day, yeah, no, I, I liked it and I loved it. It's part of my childhood. So whoa, whoa, whoa! Sorry to interrupt. I'd like to bring up Queen of the Damned again because that's what I said right. about why and, I liked it, and I understood that. Same Did for you? me. Like I'm having the same. This is the same argument I would give, like, f- or that I gave Freddie versus Jason on our episode, where I was eviscerated. But this, this I watched, literally saw this movie when I was like, I don't know, nine years old. Nine years old, yeah, like, you saw nine or ten or maybe this? probably ten, eleven, uh, and it was, you know, it's something that I'm just like, damn, like I'll, I'll always remember this movie. Uh, this movie also, it's a cult classic by definition, Trent. Not you, by my you, definition. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it spawned two sequels. And like I said, the 2009 remake. And, you know, Angela is a huge figure in horror. Just like you can always, you always remember the cover of the VHS or the DVD of this with like her as a demon. That's what I thought was going to be cool when I saw that. And I can't believe you hadn't seen it. But I bet you've seen this before. I probably have. But, but I, I yeah. did, I did. Do some extra credit. I did watch the remake again, and then I watched for the first time this this, this part two. I did I did not go part three because I wasn't going to pay eight dollars because both two and three are rentals. But Amelia Kincaid, who plays Angela, comes back for both of those, and the part two was nineteen ninety four, so about six years later. It's directed by somebody named Brian Trenchard Smith. Trivia time. What movie did he also direct that we've talked about? <laughs> Brian Trenchard Smith. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. 
It is maybe the worst movie we've ever talked about on the show. Return to Horror High. Nope. <laughs> Queen of the Damned. <laughs> nope. Well, those uh, are the two oh, worst. Oh, uh, 13 Ghosts. Nope, it's a movie that Dave didn't even finish. <gasps> Leprechaun 4! Yes! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Yes! That's maybe my lowest this point. One, <laughs> this one, that is almost, I would, if you like Night of the Demons and you like Angela, the character, I would recommend it. It is equally as disjointed, uh, even more disjointed, actually, I would say, but it has like a crazy cast. It has um, like Rick Peters, who was also in Leprechaun 4. Nice. It has Christine Taylor, who played Marsha Brady in like the Brady Bunch movies, Ooh. married to Ben Stiller. Yes. Um, it has like, just just look it up. I'm not going to, you know, belabor this podcast with that. Um, it has a lipstick scene, but it goes evil dead like in the woods. So they continue to rip off evil dead. So it has a lipstick scene, but it goes the woods scene in uh, evil dead. Gotcha. Yeah. Loud and clear. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. All right. it sounds like you're <laughs> insinuating that the lipstick goes in her <laughs> yeah. vagina. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, but it, it, it has, like I said, the same actress, uh, Amelia Kincaid as Angela, but it's weird. She looks completely different. Like I, th- I, I started looking it up as soon as I started watching it. And I was like, oh, man, they changed Angela. No, it's the same actress for all three. Hmm. Uh, the 09 remake I would not recommend. Uh, we got Edward Furlong action going on. No. Uh, and it, it, like, really ups the gore. And like I said, it does, like, the 2000s thing where they have to, like, start a movie with, like, the history and then try to explain everything that's going on, which actually makes the movie worse. Hmm. I actually agree with you that a big uh, note for this is that the cinematography is good. It, it rips off lots of people, but there are actually some really cool camera shots in this movie. And the music. Yeah, the yeah. music oh. is great in this movie. And done by the director's brother. I liked that the the main character is in the is in the uh, Alice in Wonderland costume. That was probably my favorite thing because like, oh, she's Alice in Wonderland. I don't think that helped that everybody is in a terrible Halloween costume. I have to keep seeing a pirate. And a guy with a pig nose on his face. You guys didn't like Stooge? He was the worst. If I heard him say. Fuck, Dave. I'm here to party. (laughs) If I heard him say bitch one more time. It did not work for me. That works in Return uh, of Living Dead. Doesn't work for me. All right, my next pick for this week is 2003's May, the feature directorial debut of Lucky McKee. And Lucky McKee is now a pretty well-known name in horror. He's given us things like The Woman. He's got an upcoming movie called Old Man for 2022, which is starring Stephen Lang. Yes. uh, Which I hadn't heard anything about until I watched May and had to do, you know, some research. You should follow us on Instagram. I, yeah, I do. I just <laughs> don't do socials. Uh, so this stars Angela Bettis as May, and she is an awkward outcast who has had a hard time since she was a small girl making friends. In the beginning of the movie, you see May as a little girl with a lazy eye, which she is very self-conscious of, no small part due to her mother making a massive deal of it. And her mother tells her something that's very key to this movie. If you have a hard time finding friends make one so we find may now in her i'm guessing early 20s and she is working working at a veterinary clinic and 
she basically goes through a series of failed relationships and then snaps. So this one, I don't think I've watched this one since the first time I saw it when it came out. I know that I got this uh, on Netflix DVD mail service when that was still a thing. Is that still a thing? I think it is. is no. It? No, I think you, you think can really? still do it. I think you can if you want to. Like pay like a thousand dollars a month or something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's Either do way. some research in next episode. We'll... Research. Yeah. I definitely research. remember. Like, are being we? Where ex- are we? Are we in Britain right now? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited uh, getting this in the mail and those weird little red envelopes that you got, and then the little white envelopes that the DVDs were in, and watching May, and being completely blown away. Uh, a lot of times when we talk about these indie horror directors like Ty West, like Lucky McKee, and a lot of the guys that, that we talk about that are doing these, it, the first movie is usually the best. I think Ty West has progressed splendidly. I think Lucky McKee gave us his best work to date in his first movie. I think this is his best one. I like other Lucky McKee movies, and he does things in anthologies and short film. But really, to me, this is all about Angela Bettis. This is her coming out party. This is an unbelievable performance. I think that it's, it's a slow burn. It's, it's a psychological thriller. You don't really get the gore until the last five minutes, ten minutes. Um, but I thought that this was great. I, I did it for a Halloween season because it does take place around Halloween. Yes, it does. May has a great Halloween costume. And May's best friend up in, you know, as she's trying to find, you know, social connections and personal connections, her best friend is this doll that she got when she was a little girl. And that is a very key, the doll plays as much a key character in this film as May and certainly even more so than any other character. So I thought this was a good one. It's a, it's a total third act banger if you can get there. And also, it's a young Anna Ferris co- somehow starring in the, or, or acting in this movie, not even starring, after she had already done Scary Movie. Mm. So I dug this one. Kat, you're glaring at me the entire I was time. Looking <laughs> so at you just, intently. Yep. I'm looking forward to this because of how you had her back when we were like. Pig pilot yeah, on her. Let's about, see who uh, has whose back now. <laughs> Listen. Hey, week, week to week, alliances change. Here's yes, the thing. They do. I did think this was Dave's week, so it's funny because I was like, fucking Dave's going to get it. But unfortunately, it's my good friend Kevin here. Yeah, you're going to get it. <laughs> 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 I hated this movie. Uh, I thought you would I like hated this it. Movie. I'm so sorry. I, I totally misjudge. Reading? We, need, we need to go to therapy together. Oh. You couldn't handle it, buddy. <laughs> Woo! Just kidding. I have a lot of problems. Um, I wanted to like this movie after reading the synopsis. I was like, fuck yeah, this is going to slap. It wasn't fun for me. It wasn't scary. I just, I didn't really like most of the acting, if I'm being honest. It was like watching a cringe fest of this woman for 90 minutes. Wow. This poor... Like, awkward girl. She's never going to find love. It's obvious. And we had to watch that happen. Uh, it was like a movie about her just being rejected the whole time. And it hurt my feelings. It just made me really sad. Um, kind of like, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to talk about um, See No Evil. See No Evil. Uh, speak No Evil. Whatever. Yeah, you bailed that week. I didn't bail. I was... <laughs> 
horrendously PTO. sick. PTO. Like, I was horrendously don't, sick. Don't make her take you to HR. <laughs> but like akin to that film, it just made me feel bad. And I just didn't, I just, you know, I wasn't super into it. So obviously her mom was crazy, made dolls because she was also weird. And so this doll was her only friend. Okay. But then she decided to make a big version of this doll. It didn't really, I don't know. It just didn't really do much for me. I thought it would be more grotesque and more fun, but it was just kind of a, a, a bummer. And, and a lot of the gore was like off screen or like implied, which I thought was kind of a waste. Cause I feel like they could have kind of, you know, really went for it. But, um, I will say I really liked the creepy ending that made it seem more on the supernatural side as opposed uh, to just like sad and delusional. But other than that, I would say it was a... um... I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Uh, First of all, Kevin, I think this is 2002. You want to do that now? (laughs) (laughs) Just before we recorded, I said... um, I I see 2003, but... I think uh, it had a festival run in 2002. Trent. I only I only mentioned that because uh, I wrote a uh, a light bulb joke. I okay. like light bulb okay. jokes, and I wrote a light bulb joke, and it is uh, as follows: <clears throat> uh, Hey, how many horror podcasters does it take to screw in a light bulb? 2002. You haven't seen that. That that's the joke. Get it? Oh, like how many horror podcasters does it take to screw in a light bulb? And you say, I don't know. And I say, you haven't seen that? Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. Huh? That's pretty good. That's huh? pretty good. I don't get it. <laughs> Maybe try it again next week. You don't get you it? Just keep doing it every week. Kevin, thank you. I hadn't seen this either since probably 2003. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I, I dare say, I dare say, the cinema. I love this movie. This is the only reason Lucky McKee exists. This is why he dines out at HorrorCon, not because of the woman, not because of Darlin, not because of the anthologies. This is a great horror movie. It is. I would say this is a classic. It's better than I remembered. I just love this movie. It's so endearing. I don't know what you guys are. Even even you, Kevin, I thought you undersold it. Like, oh, the gore is only the last. This She keeps a cat in her freezer. She kills her own cat, puts it in the freezer in a bag. Well, is that your dog was just like scratching on the carpet here, which I know people can't see. Well, by the way, sorry to interrupt you, Trent. We're watching May yes, right now. Yes, we are. Uh, but Trent's dog was also just scratching. And I thought if I had an ashtray, I would throw it at your dog <laughs> and kill it right now. I threw a newspaper now. at the dog once and it yelped. I loved the opening. Yeah, you did. You've you've abused him before. I think that's why he's newspaper. It's a little weird. I loved the opening of this movie. It opens up at the end, and I love that trick. I don't think we've seen that in a minute. It opens with a shocking act of uh, self harm, and then it you don't realize what it is, what's happening. But then at the end, you're like, oh my god. Um, I loved the Argento references in this. This this is a horror movie. Tons of them. Podcasters horror movie. Because the one of the characters is all about Dario Argento, and there's references to trauma, and there's references to um, opera. I loved that, and the, even he even makes a movie. I think that that guy, the the male lead in this, he he was like the uh, the horror Adam Driver. 
to me. Jeremy Sisto. Jeremy Sisto. And his name is Adam in this, so maybe that's why. But I just I thought he was a horror Adam driver. Um, I loved when and Kat, maybe you can do this with me. I want to do a little skit with you. Okay. Okay. Uh May, this is weird. I thought you liked weird. Not that weird. Oh. Uh, I, I loved the <laughs> I loved how hard it is for May to relate to people. Oh. I just to me, she was like a almost like a Stephen King character. Um, you know, the, the losers club, the, um, I thought it was, had so much heart for a movie that doesn't give you a lot of hope. I thought it had so much heart. It was so quirky. I absolutely love this movie. So Kat, you might change your mind. Uh, Jeremy Sisto mm-hmm. was originally cast in Titanic and then Leo came and swooped him out of there. Woo! Wow. He's heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what so I that's why he did this film. He's been heartbroken. Since he had landed that role, and then Leo agreed to do it. Uh, I I told you this was a fact-off. I knew it it right away. As soon as I walked in tonight, I knew this was a fact-off. Between who? You guys. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been the facts person ever. Well, I had to even it out because I knew already knew so much about Linnea Quigley because I've been stalking her. Uh, so, like, I was like, "Well, I'm going to sound funny if I don't know stuff about this other movie too." So I <laughs> you did a just, little research. <laughs> undid all of your work. Um, I would like to provide a matchmaker service uh, to all the socially awkward, reclusive, on the spectrum psychopaths that we come across in horror. And I would match May with uh, Joe Spinell's character in Maniac. <laughs> Uh, you yes, know, both yeah. like the, or Jack from Match made in heaven. the house that Jack built. Uh, they would go great also, together. Yes. Even yes. Dr. Frankenstein. Yes. Uh, she, there's a man out there for her. She's so yes. desperate for a connection. I think she needs something like this. The whole time was just like, there are people out here like you um, that want to love you. I almost enjoy the psychological horror uh, where the viewer is complicit in everything that goes down. Um, it like just adds to the ca- the character development, at least of one person. You know you're going to get to know that person. Uh, so there's this tug of war between, like, you know, empathy and damnation for the, what they're doing the whole time. Um, this movie reminded me of uh, Carrie, obviously, in yep. a lot of ways. Uh, but I was also thinking how they never show how May got through high school. Like, how would a girl like this get through high school? Because that's, like, the... Biggest bullying, the time you feel the most insecure with, with something like this. Um, and it's just a lazy eye. That was kind of the thing that I thought was weird about this. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like one of those like 90s movies where they just put glasses on some girl and say she's ugly, and then they take the glasses off. Like, oh, my God, she's beautiful. She's she takes that. out her ponytail. But the whole time, I knew that mm-hmm. she was actually pretty. But I think that she was probably, I think May was probably homeschooled. They didn't have that in here, but maybe she was homeschooled. Uh, I think no. I think they showed her at school. Wasn't she at school when her mom yep. says, uh, "Right, you know, to that right. was her birthday the party patch. when yeah. she gives her the doll." But they do show her at school because she is going on Halloween. So that's how like Halloween comes full circle. She's going to school on Halloween, and she's like wearing an eye. Oh, patch are you a pirate? Says, like, I didn't you even get that. That was a- and okay. She, like, pulls yeah. her hair over like the lazy eye. Eye. Right. She played uh, Carrie, I think, in the um, yes. TV movie. In one of the, yeah, yeah, in one of the remakes of Carrie. Wow. I thought that the uh, relationship, I thought everyone, first of all, was super awkward, not just her. I think every single person in this is incredibly awkward in their own way. Anna Ferris says, <laughs> uh, you want to you hang out and eat melon sometime? 
so you know, and she's like Love so it. awkward the I whole time. It. And even um, Adam is very, very awkward. Um, but it's, I think this is more of like a horror of incompatibility between these people and the, the personalities uh, at their worst and when they're combined. Um, and, you know, May definitely takes her mental issues to a very extreme place. But I think everyone is kind of fucked up in this movie. And, and eventually, I think that's why you're saying you were cringing the whole time, is because everyone is very awkward. And it's like, it's very social anxiety kind of suspense. But I thought that because the love story between Adam and May was Adam was an amateur filmmaker who's making films in school. Loved that and there so were horror much. movies. That and scene was great. So good. It was almost like he was kind of a plebe to like this stuff like he wanted to be weird and he wanted things to be weird but she was really she was <sighs> really living it okay. like yeah, that's that, really yes. that, that's okay uh, let me uh, he he show he's an amateur filmmaker and he shows May one of the uh, was it the first date he shows her a little a short movie that he's made where uh, people are, there's a couple and they become cannibals and they start eating each other and then they're in bed and May just goes for it goes for the cannibalism and is rubbing blood that that's what led to yeah. like not this weird that I thought was brilliant because, as we know, um, you know, just because you like this crazy, bizarre, these horror movies, that doesn't mean that you actually... Uh, right, you have the fake mm-hmm. weird people that are like, dude, I had a fucked up childhood, I listened to death metal, and like, I like <laughs> yeah. horror movies. And then you have people that are actually fucked up. Yeah. It's like the opposite of like a manic pixie dream girl, where it's like, but I thought you were this persona. It's like, no, I just... Like weird shit, man. I don't know what to I tell like you. I like going to raves. I just like to dance. This movie does sort of like suck you in and set you on a ride with May, specifically. And that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that because you do sort of not get a full character of like Jeremy Sisto, who plays Adam, Anna Ferris's character. Like it. you only kind of see them through May's eyes. And so you're kind of you, – you never really understand, like, their true intentions, but you, you make a great point. Like, I never thought about the fact that, like, the reason that Adam was hanging out with May so much is because he thought he wanted, like, oh, I'm hardcore. I'm right. hardcore. Like, I got this fucked up girl. I like, like we're, weird. Yeah, we're going to be trauma? Sid and Nancy and shit. <laughs> uh, but I right. would like – can anyone recreate you – know, now that Trent's inspired me, can anyone recreate this scene with me? It doesn't have to be Kat. Anyone. I love this is my favorite line in the entire movie. This is Adam, okay? What you reading about? Amputation. For work? No. Just for fun. For fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like even when he's like, so Oh, tell me ones. like a fucked up story from work, and she's like, Well, this one time an animal had its like whole guts like split out and like they brought and then like after she tells this whole story, he's just like gawking at her like what uh that story was wild yeah and i I say that she worked at a veterinary clinic but she's like a a surgical assistant to uh, uh, somebody that does surgery on animals and she is digging it like she is like he's like stick your fingers in there we got to get like into this cat's belly and she is like all about it so i guess your job takes a lot of guts People, I mean, uh, the funny thing is, if you watch uh, Polly and if you watch Adam, like they kind of idolize her because they're like wannabe weird people, right? You right. know what I mean? Like when she cuts her finger and oh sucks my God. the blood, and, and yeah, she wants blood. to do it too. Yes, you know, it's yes. all very like, 
Oh, they're like really curious about the weird girl. Yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting performance from Ada Ferris, who I think is, uh, she has a podcast that is unbelievable. But I, I mean, coming off of Scary Movie, for her to do this, like this is a really good performance from her. Bro- like, I thought all the performances still, were brilliant. I think when everyone thinks of Ada Ferris, they think of comedy, and she is sort of the comic relief in this, but in this like really bizarre way. But again. Uh, like to your point, Dave. Like we don't really get into her character like all that much. The other thing I love there's well, there's two things that I love about this, and I think uh, I don't know if we want to do spoilers or if we want to wait till the very end. You're weak, um, bro. I don't I don't think that there's like a real twist. Yeah. I don't think there's a twist in this really. Not a twist, but like the very ending. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like and this probably is like a, a criminally underseen movie, but it, I I do love the the doll Susie that we talked about, May keeps her in a glass case. And as the movie progresses, the glass case keeps cracking. And I think that's symbolic of how close May is to cracking. Yes. Or shattering, I think. This is, movie is has it all, man. Like, this description levels. of that. Um, yeah, and there's uh, the fact that May keeps meeting these people that she she wants to have a connection to, in in some instances starts to have a connection to, and she keeps commenting to everyone that she meets, "Oh, I love your legs, gams," and then, and then she'll Stems. meet, "I love your gams," and then she'll meet someone else, wheels. Like, you have you have a great neck. I think Cat like, has a nice neck. I like your neck, bro. I bet you do. Well, she she says right at the beginning. There's a little bit of a voiceover. That's it's May does kind of her own voiceover just at the beginning. It doesn't continue, right? And she says that sometimes um, you like parts of people. You might not like all of them, but you like parts of them. And what mm-hmm. she what she likes most about well, she says she likes everything about Adam, but mostly she likes his hands. She doesn't really care about anyone's personality in the end. Yeah. No, She's really it's all superficial. about parts. Really all, superficial. All, this one. You guys, you guys are opening this up to me even more than I, yeah, than I thought. Yeah, me too. The soundtrack I thought was interesting. As someone who lucky uh, the keys usually are. We talked about this in the women. He like, ruined yeah. the woman with his soundtrack. He ruined that movie, and you can hear the beginning of it in this movie. He goes right to the edge where he has this like alt rock soundtrack going on during the movie which is always dicey the the breeders kim deal 6000 it's like right on the edge but it works i think it works great i don't have a problem but by the time you get to the woman which was like 2013 i want to say somewhere around there by the time you get to that movie the movie is almost totally ruined by it's like some other friends band that he has and he just puts so much of that awful like alt rock sound in it that it ruins the movie one song that does work in this movie that's unbelievable. Hanky Panky. Hanky Panky. That, I mean, it's, it hits, hits it out of the park with that one. I actually thought that there were some very funny parts in this movie, and even though it was mostly just like desperate and sad, but it was pretty funny, and I, w- I would call it a dark comedy. That was very funny, yeah. Before I would call it a horror movie, like straight up. Like, I think it's even a horror a comedy. Drama, <laughs> horror comedy, drama. Yeah, or black like, comedy. Yeah, black. yeah. But I find it better than a lot of movies that came out in this time as well. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, it was a more sophisticated tone than a lot of things. This was made for $1.7 which I thought was kind of a 
high budget, I guess, for you know what we saw. There's not like a real, not a lot of locations, not a lot of effects no, or anything. No, no, but I thought that practical gore is great. It in is this. good. It is really good. good. Six hundred thirty-five thousand at the box office. So ouch. A total so, dud. This did nothing. I don't think it was even. I think it was released. Not even this wasn't wide release, right? No, no, no. Yeah, uh, festival darling though, and critically acclaimed. Like it, it again, was failed by the Lucky system. Lucky McKay would not. Lucky McKee would not be doing what he's doing if not for this movie. It was failed by the system. It's a great movie that didn't get the release it deserved. In but I, I think Dave just hit the nail on the head. It came out at a time when you were getting like new metal horror. Uh, but the cast is amazing. Like Angela Bettis, like we talked about, she's in this movie Twelve Hour Shift, which I think is still on Hulu. Which is another, it's kind of like May. It's it actually filmed. It, it looks very similar stylistically. And that was directed by uh, Brea Grant. She was in like Rob Zombie's uh, Halloween 2. But she did this movie After Midnight, which is another indie flick, which is really good. She's an actress turned director. Uh, Jeremy's sister that we talked about, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that he was in Clueless. But he yeah, was also he was. in the original Wrong Turn. And he was in this Dean Koontz adaptation, Hideaway, that I actually really like. I love oh. the book. <laughs> uh, I think that's why I, I tolerated the movie. I used to read I, some Koontz. I, I loved the book. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is in that movie, by the way. James Duvall, he plays the punk guy, Blank, yeah. in this. Yeah. Uh, he was just in Tales of Halloween. He was in that uh, sequence that we saw where the bullies were picking on that kid that summoned the demon. Um, cinematography of this movie was done by a guy named Steve Yedlin, who would go on to do a ton of stuff, but most notably, he's still killing it. He did Knives Out and Ooh. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Just a lot of people in these indie horror films that just go on to do so many amazing things. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that three of us in the room liked this movie. Kat, I thought I nailed this one for <sighs> Why you. Don't I you apologize. Like I apologize. I'll tell you why I don't like it. I'm excited. Because I've been this fucking girl, and it sucks, and I don't need to watch a 90-minute movie about it. Hmm. I thought I've been that girl, and I like it because I can relate to it. No, sometimes you don't need to relive the terrible, terrible things that sure. have happened to you. Sure. Okay. I've I made this that. mistake twice now with May and with Ginger Snaps. Ginger Snaps. I did love Ginger Snaps compared to this fucking hunk of trash. Did you just an electric pencil at me? Is that what you oh, call a that? pen? Oh, An electric <laughs> pencil? <laughs> hey, did uh, did uh, Kim Deal 6000 ever uh, do a show with Power Man 5000? Why, why did 6000 a band? Yeah, Kim Deal 6000 From... is on the soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the other band? Power Man 5000. Is Kim Deal even in the band? Oh. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. I guess like I don't know for sure. Thing, like we're that wasn't really the point. It was like, why are all these bands in this era calling themselves something, something thousand? I don't know. Are yeah. we missing out? Should we start? Should we start a new I band? I feel like there was a local band called Something Thousand too. I can't remember them now. I understand why why you didn't like it, Cat. And I think that, it, in a way, it is probably the same reason we do like it is because. It's a realistic depiction of someone's insecurities and how they fester. Like she internalizes mm -hmm. all this stuff through this doll, and she never has resolve until the very end. It it, it took me until now to understand why the um, the blind kids 
are in the movie. I wanted to bring that up, like because I, I was, I I hear was like, why? The blind what? What is? So she sees these uh these blind kids like in the park on an outing or whatever, and she decides that she wants to volunteer with them. And what she sees initially, I don't know how realistic this is, but she sees these kids and they're like feeling the trees. They're just kind of like wandering around and, and feeling everything with her hands because that's her. She is just as blind as they are. She has sight. Of course, she has the lazy eye. But she is she is just like these kids. She's wandering around, putting her hands on things, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. What do people want from her? What should she be? How should she act? That, I think, is the connection with the blind kids. And, and just side note, when the when the doll shatters, when she's at the the school where she's volunteering with the blind kids, when the doll shatters and the glass goes everywhere, and the first thing all the blind kids do is just jump on the ground, try to find the doll, and they're all in the glass, it's and the glass scene. is cutting them. Amazing scene. I disagree. I do. I do not think that that was the symbolic part of the blind kid interaction. She had that one connection with that one girl, but I think it was just the eye thing. It was like almost like someone who has something worse than she does. Right. With her. Right. It's like hers, but magnified. Right, you know, uh, and then that's why uh, she huh. was connected to them because they have it worse than her. Like in most situations, socially in this, they have her as like the underdog in every social interaction. She doesn't know how to even interact with people normally. Uh, and in that one, it was like she was the normal person. I think that's, that's the same take. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. But so, then, but then when it broke and then she got the shards in her eyes or something, uh, and then her eyes, she woke up the next day and she had her eyes all bloody or whatever, uh, because she got the glass in her eyes. Or something I didn't like that. get that. That was why. Okay, I didn't yeah. get that. Yeah, that makes I wasn't sense. Sure, why she woke up the next day with her eyes bloody? I didn't. But that's all I attributed so, to it. Spoiler. Danger. The emergency destruct system is now activated. The ship will detonate in T minus. Ten minutes. The option to override automatic detonation expires in T minus five minutes. She loses her mind. She goes and finds everybody that has, she feels has socially wronged her. She kills them, brings the body parts back to her house somehow. And again, it's not clear if this is a delusion or not. True sews the parts that she likes together and she makes a friend. But the friend doesn't have eyes. And that's what makes her lose her mind and stab her own eye out and put it into her friend doll. So good. So good. So there's something, I think we're, we're close. I think we're close with the blindness thing. Right. But there's some. There's a thread there that I think we're I, missing. Well, I disagree with the part about, I, I don't think there's any hint of vengeance in what she's doing at the end. Like, these are just the people that are around her. Like, I don't ever really get the feeling, like, she's obsessed with Adam, but I don't think, like, she never seems jealous when they're, she shows up and they're with another partner. She never seems jealous. Like, she never seems vengeful. Like, you know what I mean? She's never like, what the fuck, who's that? Or like, you know, she's just like, chill. No, she's hurt. I think she's, she's hurt. hurt. Yeah. There is vengeance yeah. there. I don't, I, I think it's, I don't think she portrays it as vengeance, and I don't think she realizes it as vengeance. I think it goes all the way back to the comment her mother made. If you can't find a friend, make one. Right. And she's just right. hurt, and she's like, 
okay, well, I'm going to make a, like all these well, she just parts a, of these people. Parts of these people me. I connect like to the, at certain the, times. The and then physical yes. parts that she's cutting off these people to make her friend are like the emotional parts that she attached to. It's like the equivalent of that. What if they're just the random people that just happen to be in her area when she broke? You know also, I mean? also totally possible. Because it's, yeah. it kind of seems like she just hit a spot where she was like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to make dolls out of people like Dr. Frankenstein. And you're here. I know you. I'm going to go knock on your door. And I know you and that girl with the nice legs and gams or whatever. And I'm going to make a person. I, I, I liked it. I, I liked that you didn't even think that until the very end. Like, I would never think Frankenstein at all through the whole thing. And then at the end, it was very much like that. I would love to see a sequel to this where that thing came to life. These are both on Shudder, by the way. One last thing with Lucky McKee. I would recommend his 2013 movie, All Cheerleaders Die. Haven't seen it. It's, it's, I, don't, I, I don't know if you'd love it, Trent. I, I liked it. it. It's based on an 01 short that he did. I don't know if it's his first short. It may be. It was, it's before. When you said that this was his first, the short came before The short this. came before this, for sure. And but then he, there was a full length. He did a full length in 2013 that I think you can find screaming. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for uh, tolerating yet another uh, one of my weeks. One of your best picks. I think May is one of the best movies that we've seen. I loved it. I had a great time all week. Cat, not so much. Next week, Cachet from 2005. That's VOD. And a movie called The Gift from 2015. That is on Netflix.